Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoying grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. That's right, we're the podcast that explores the American animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond and the newest ones when they're available. Why do we do it like that? Well, an entity known as the Will of Random has trapped us and forced us to watch these episodes. And I say we because I'm an annoyed grunt boy named Steve, and with me as always is the other annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Well, Craig, uh, here we are. It is Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm full. So much food. Thanks for having oh, me on God. the show, Craig. I mean, Steve. Jesus. You ate so much food, you can't even remember your own name. <laughs> right. I'm stuffed full of stuffing, and I'm dressed with dressing. I... What a meal. I forget we do the Thanksgiving bit every episode because we release on Thursdays and Thanksgiving is no exception here in America land, right? That's right. Uh, we we did the thing. We're drying out the wishbone. Uh, we watched our football and now we're just farting it up. Anyway, gotta poop. Wow. Alrighty. We've got a great episode for you folks this week. I mean, I guess we do. Like us or the episode that they watched. I don't know, I was just making a false promise because I didn't know what to say after that. No, and I right. thought everything would come out naturally and then nothing came out. We're doing uh, improv right now. Uh, I should have said yes and... Yes, we are doing improv and <laughs> we are going to make jokes and be funny. This is one of the intros where we don't plan it and that's most of them, so it's usually just natural. And uh, look, we've had a lot of naturals this week. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Natural turkey and natural potatoes and natural yeah. uh, whatever you eat on Thanksgiving. Natural uh, yams and uh, pineapple cake. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, we just thought that, you know, it was turkey day and turkeys have wings, so we'll just uh, wing it. So, uh, you know, we should probably drink some champagne or some wine because it's uh, Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, I'm so full. I I'd rather dilute my body with more heavy beer. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point, which uh, brings us to our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner. Now a little beer music to get in the mood. Craig, what have you got for us uh, this week? Well, I had to clean out the fridge to put all the uh, leftovers in, right? Of course. And I couldn't find... Um, my uh, turkey beer that I was going to drink for this episode because <laughs> it's Thanksgiving after all. So I, I went back and in, in, into the back recesses of my uh, refrigerator. I found this one. Nothing to do with this episode, but it's um, it's a Belgian ale. Can you believe that I have a Belgian ale? Wow. Yeah, me with the Belgian ales. <laughs> it's a Cezanne Dupont. Cezanne Dupont. It's, it's, it's a beer from Belgium, Steve. It's brewed yeah. at one of... Europe's last farmhouse breweries, Cezanne Dupont is a classic style of the Belgian Cezanne, golden blonde in color, dry yet refreshing. Wait a minute, that's how it connects. It's a dry yet refreshing, just like a turkey. Dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the way I cook turkey, steep, they ain't dry, they moist, just like uh, mm-hmm. Homer would like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's leaving you wanting more. So sip after sip. Steve, we got to 6.5% alcohol. Nice. We're opening this little tall boy up. It's a classic beer. I'm I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I haven't had this one. If I'm all about the Belgians, is this kind of like the uh, the daddy of them? 
Um, especially, yeah, it's well, especially when you come to farmhouse ales, it's like considered like the definitive saison uh, and really what the farmhouse ale is all about. Now, I've just been eating a lot of sk- Skittles and peanut M&Ms right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, will that uh, dilute the flavor of the beer? They should pair perfectly, I think. Okay. I've also, I mean, look, I know this is Thanksgiving and... Uh, I did eat a lot of uh, sugar, uh, glaze sugar, and some uh, uh, gravy soup. So, and the the candy ams with M M&M and M stuffing. Steve, I've opened it. I'm starting pouring, so I'm going to start sipping. So you're going to uh, kill okay, the, yeah. uh, the time here. He's going to pour it into a glass. It's got a you know a nice kind of copper color, a good head, and the beer looks nice too. It's in a glass. Glass is made from sand. Um, you find sand at beaches. Um, some beaches, other beaches can be more rocky. Rocky's a movie. About boxing. And Rocky takes place <laughs> during Thanksgiving, the first Rocky movie. Hey, there you go. Um, wow, yeah, this is, um, I think this is exactly what you're, you want, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've had this before. Yeah. It's that uh, wheaty barley flavor that I like a lot with uh, Belgian mm-hmm. ales. But also light and refreshing, too. So it's not like I'm not feeling the heavy uh, burden of uh, being sogged down by all that uh, turkey I just ate and and all the, the, the ale of this. Um, I wish I had this while I was eating my uh, Thanksgiving dinner, Steve. Yeah, it would be a nice pairing, actually, I think. A plus. How about you, Steve? Very nice. Uh, well, Craig, in this episode, there's a lot of uh, storms in the beginning, a lot of uh, weather. And so it's uh, very frosty, almost a bifrost, if you will. Um, I have uh, Legion's Bifrost Ale. It's a winter ale uh, coming in at 8.3%. Woo! Um, so it is uh, their lively winter brew, a bold pale ale with citrus and earthy hop character balanced by a smooth, malty backbone. So uh, C- uh, Legion Brewing is out of Seattle, Washington, maker of the Night Owl, one of my favorite pumpkin beers. Um, I'm pouring this into a glass. Oh, yeah, he is. Night Owl. That's, uh, yeah, they, you said a Legion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Legion is, uh, I think their uh, their pack, uh, the, the, the pumpkin ale pack every year is one of my must-haves. It's good. Yeah, that's Steve, a lot of Steve, fun. Steve uh, was drinking it, so I think he has a verdict, guys. All right. Quiet, quiet. Steve's going to talk. He's, he's still drinking. Like, you yeah. don't have to finish the entire beer, Steve. No, you can, you can talk now. Yeah. No, it's uh, really nice. It's got a, you know, it's uh, kind of a golden pale ale, um, and it's got this, you do get a little bit of hop, hoppy bitterness up front, but it finishes really malty and smooth. It's a really nice, uh, crisp, it's perfectly, like, such a good cold beer beer, which weirdly warms you up. Like if you come in from like a snowy day, I think pouring a glass of this would, and sitting in front of a fire would just be a delight. Um, really nice, um, really good multi notes at the end, kind of chewy. Thank you. Uh, but no, it's a solid beer. Good job, Elysian. You've done it again. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That brewery who can yeah, tell That's Johnny Elysian. Uh, <laughs> You do, you do good work, Johnny. Thank you, Steven. <laughs> Alrighty, Craig and Johnny, uh, let's go back in time when this episode first aired, all the way back to November 19th, 2023. What was the number one movie in the box office, Craig? It's the movie all you uh, uh, Gen, what, Gen Zers? Gen Zers have been waiting for. They're part of the uh, the uh, Hunger Games franchise right all the the younger kids younger than us lo- love those hungry game movies with uh, and those books right for sure yeah well it's the prequel to those uh, hunger games books movies uh hunger games the ballad of uh, buster scrubs 
<laughs> or, no, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That's a okay. weird title. Like Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Should have been like uh, Songbirds and like uh, Snake Jailbirds. Snake Jailbirds. Ooh, yeah. Oh, right. I'd watch that if like an animated character like went into like a live action movie. Yeah. Well, you know, like, like, no, like a Simpsons character was like in a movie. But like, like everyone's like live action. It's like Roger Rabbit, right? You know, like, combination. Yeah. But it's like a David Fincher film. <laughs> yeah, but it's like Radio Wolf Castle is like, like playing a character. Mm-hmm. And he's not radio, he's a character, but it's still, how come that's not a movie? I, I know there's going to be a whole like Looney Tunes versus Acme or Acme versus Coyote. There's a whole mm-hmm. debacle on that. But uh, I kind of want to see like Ralph Wiggum in like, uh, like they remake Forrest Gump and he plays like a young Forrest. <laughs> I, I could see that. That'd be fun. <laughs> Or yeah, like or like you say, McBain in like a psychosexual action oh, film. If they ever do like Expendables Five, mm-hmm. have McBain in it. Like to say, because I know like the last Expendables movie for like did like zero dollars the box office. I guess no one cares to see all these old action stars again. <laughs> but yeah, just like throw McBain in there, like Radio Wolf Council. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd, then I think I'd watch those Expendables movies. Yeah. All right. Well, hey Hollywood, I know you're open for business. We're here to 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 milk our our idea titties. That's right. Suck at them, Hollywood. Suck at yeah. them hard. Suck our idea titties. Anyways, uh, Steve, uh, we like to think of uh, movies and TV shows, but we're not that smart in the music business, so uh, we can't have anyone suck our musical titties. <laughs> uh, so, whose titties were we sucking this week in the Billboard Hot 100? Oh boy. Um, hmm. <clears throat> How do I? Okay. The number one song in the Billboard Hot 100 is Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Last week, Cruel Summer was a number one. It was knocked off by another Taylor Swift song. But now Taylor Swift has knocked off that song to be Cruel Summer again. That's right. She beat herself. I mean, that's all we did when we were like 12. That's true. <laughs> 12 through 37. That sounds about right. Um, 12, through, 12 through present? I mean, not current. Oh, you haven't been pounding off the entire time on this podcast? No, I get distracted, so let's hurry this up. Okay. <sighs> um, oh, but that's a good song that we reviewed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've already reviewed Cruel Summer many times, and we still like it. There we go. Yeah. Great song. Here's something new each time. <laughs> um, all righty, Craig. Let's uh, talk about this week's episode entitled... It's a Blunderful Life, in which Lisa recounts the story of how Homer was scapegoated for a power outage that plunged Springfield into darkness days before Thanksgiving. Scary. Very scary. Let's uh, watch the episode, and uh, we'll come right back and talk about it. We'll be right back. And we're back. Today we're talking about It's a Blunderful Life, the seventh episode of the 35th season. It originally aired on November 19th, 2023. It is episode 757 in the show's run. Your nerd code is OABF19. It was written by Elizabeth Kiernan Averick, directed by Matthew Nastuck, and your showrunner is Al Jean. Oh boy, the old EKA, as I call her. Oh yeah. <laughs> she... AKA? EKA. That's right. Uh, hey, Elizabeth. What do you have against the uh, 
Z in Elizabeth. It's so weird. <laughs> it should be like Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Maybe that's like the correct um, like British spelling. It's a weird name too because you can be Liz, you can be Betty, you can be Beth, you can be Eliza, you can be Eliza. Like that name's doing too much work. Oh, and we have a friend. She goes by Biz. Oh, that's. <laughs> I want to tell you something. No idea that was her full name. Oh, okay. There you go. But still kind of cool, right? It is. Yeah, I like it. It's different. But maybe it's E hyphen Lisa. Like she's the E Lisa hyphen. Oh, Beth. like she's from the from the future. Yeah, uh, Averick's a pretty cool last name. It is. Yeah, I had a friend who was a Maverick, and so every time I see this. I want to say Maverick. That was their last name, but it's Averick, so it's different. If she had a child, you got to name him Ma. Yeah. <laughs> Teach him how to play cards. Yeah. Hey, before she wrote this episode, Steve, she was also a producer for this show and the series uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Nice. Yeah. We have already reviewed like most of her work of The Simpsons. Uh, for instance, seasons 33, episode one, the star of the backstage. And then also from that season, episode 10, a maid Maggie. Her first episode she wrote was season 31's episode 11's hail to the teeth, which, uh, we haven't, uh, bitten into that episode yet. <laughs> but it's kind of cool to see somebody who's been a producer for so long get to like, you know, actually write some episodes. So it's good to see Elizabeth on it. You know how like in school, like maybe let's say like math class and... You're like, uh, please don't call me. Please don't call me. And for like a week, you can get by by not being called on for like the answer. And then mm-hmm. you think it's like Friday, like I got a whole week off and never had to answer that question or like any math question. And then the teacher's like, hmm, who haven't I called on in a while? Mm, Craig. Is that like what happened to Elizabeth? Matt Grading's walking in the studio. Like I imagine he's <laughs> walked like uh, uh, that one Don from Godfather 2 that uh, – Video Corleone kills, you know, in the flashback when it's uh, De Niro. <laughs> and he's like wearing the white coat and the hat walking down the street. <laughs> and so they're like, that's Matt Grading in the studios <laughs> eating like oranges. <laughs> he's like, Elizabeth, how you doing? Producing this show pretty well. Hmm, I haven't seen you write a script lately. Uh, you get to work. <laughs> yes, Don Grading. <laughs> Don Grading. It's Matt. <laughs> that's. Mr. Don Graining to you. <laughs> so that's imagine how uh, so it works. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Just him. Maybe he eats donuts instead of uh, oranges, like like Homer in that one episode. That's uh, oh, Yeah, I could have just referenced that episode <laughs> where they referenced The Godfather too. But no. But we'll begin with a title gag, and it's uh, Tom Turkey from uh, Treehouse of Horror from a few years back. A turkey dressed as a pilgrim flying across the screen. Turkeys don't fly. It's true. We got a couch gag much into the uh, theme of uh, this week's episode, which I'm very happy that uh, it's a theme episode on the week mm-hmm. of uh, of uh, Turkey Day. And yeah, I'm glad they didn't do it on like December 3rd. <laughs> December 24th, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's a, uh, it's like a real human hand. Do you think that's uh, Elizabeth's hand or is it uh, probably an animator's hand? I think it might be uh, either Katrin Von Niederhausen or Janine Widget. It was that's just from the top of your head, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it just looks like one of their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the uh, the hand model on that episode of Seinfeld? Oh yeah. Well, George. It was George Costanza's hand. Yeah. A real human hand that we said traces an outline of their hand on a piece of paper, like you did as a kid, which is a fun callback because last week's episode 
for Marge's birthday, Bart had the turkey handprint and erased Thanksgiving and said happy <laughs> birthday, macaroni art to, to, to his mother. So we're, there's the two uh, references from uh, each episode, right? Yeah, I just wonder if he'll get a Bezos connection too. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, they cut it out and they paste an eye and a peak and a waddler and two feet. You know, your typical turkey. Gobble, gobble. Yeah, the, the paper turkey then walks over to a pair of scissors and eats a tiny paper seed. One of the fingers on the turkey turns into the shape of Lisa's head. And the next finger has a Marge's blue beehive. And then the turkey has another third seed and it's Bart Spikes on another finger. Is that the middle finger, Steve? Or is it, no, it's the ring I think finger. so. No. Um, <laughs> I'm not watching right now. So people are like, he doesn't know if that's the ring finger or middle finger. I guess I could No, Marge back. is the fuck you. Okay, Marge is the fuck you. You're right. I, I scrolled back. This also like animation is like first couple seasons South Park is this, you know, the construction yeah. paper. So it's kind of fun. And uh, so the fourth seed is going to be the pinky. And that, of course, is uh, Maggie. Hey, and that's a human hand, too, not a Simpsons hand. Uh, that's true. Yeah. And then the the turkey waddles over onto the uh, couch and takes a huge uh, yellow shit. <laughs> it's like you thought it had been like an egg and Homer would pop out. But no, it's, Homer's just a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Seems kind of like that emoji, yeah. Shit design. Has your yeah feces ever? Without being crass, that? I've never um, okay. had swirly shit. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like super runny, right? <laughs> right. It almost okay. like water. Yeah, yeah. It's like water, and like yeah. there's like bits and pieces of like intestines and like blood in it, right? That's normal, right? Yeah, your body has too much blood. Okay. And it needs to get it out, so pooping it or peeing it or coming it out is that's a normal way to do it. That's normal, right? Yeah. No, my my feces isn't that way. I don't. It's very cute and delicate. <laughs> All right, let's not talk about this shit, Steve. Let's talk about this other no shit. shit. The Simpsons. Um, and so you said the, about the hand turkey gag? Yeah, so this uh, gag was made by two Swiss artists by the names of Katrin von Niederhausen and Janine Widget. They've designed a couple other couch gags, including the Swiss pocket knife couch gag from uh, season 32 Burger Kings, which we haven't reviewed, but I checked it out. It's basically, it's kind of neat because the, there's a Swiss army knife on the couch and each uh, knife or each thing from the knife is a Simpsons character. And then there's the new connection one from the habeas tor- tortoise, the first episode of season 34. And that was the one parodying the Google, uh, when you go into Google or if you have a Chromebook, when the internet goes down and you can play a little 8-bit video game of the dinosaur jumping. Yeah. Also, in the episode Lisa Gets the Blues, which we reviewed, there's a, a scene where Homer has this like four-minute long thing about all the food that he eats in New Orleans, and they recreated that video shot by shot, which is really impressive. I remember seeing that uh, recreation, and that episode was on recently, just like on the background, mm-hmm. and I remember that... Uh, that whole montage of Homer naming all the the foods and the animation. I was like, what? It was such a great scene. I was like, I was paused in what I was doing just to watch it. Yeah. So well done. And then I remember that video of the actual human people doing it, thinking, oh, that was such a good video. Very compelling. I don't, For such like an an episode that's like not probably in the zeitgeist of like OG Simpsons fans of like the golden age, like they have no idea like what's happened since season 12 anyway. So <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they put together that video. It was like so perfect and just makes you really friggin' hungry. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said friggin' Steve. Fucking hungry. Fucking hungry, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to say. Well, luckily it's uh, like myself dinner. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just spent a minute talking about 
bloody <laughs> stool. Yeah, I figured I, I should tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. It is a holiday episode after all. <laughs> all right, yeah. Because this episode is dropping on Christmas. You know, <laughs> no, we're going to drop this on Thanksgiving, not Christmas. This episode is live on Christmas. God damn it. On Thanksgiving Day. Actually, it's. I think it kind of, it drops Thanksgiving Eve, really. For, like, uh, yeah. For e- East Coasters, it's midnight. But uh, Pacific uh, Coasters, uh, you can watch this or listen to this episode at 9 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Yeah. When I mean watch it, you can just watch a picture on YouTube and hear us talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Craig, yeah. Our, fe- our episode does begin, as it always does, 60 years in the future. The uh, daily iPod bot is uh, zapped by the iPad News and World Report bot. And inside 742 Evergreen Terrace, the Simpson family is gathered together to have a 3D printed Thanksgiving dinner. The first since Homer has passed away. Aww. Lisa's printer runs out of the cranberry toner. But that's no matter, as the hologram of Homer just wants more turkey, which goes right through him as he eats, leaving a treat for the ancient Santa's little helper. I mean, that could be, like, a new Santa's little helper. I mean, they have multiple Snowball 2s. That's true, and 60 years, well, I guess 60 plus 35, really 95 years is a long time for a dog to live. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we would all want our pets to live, like, as old as us. And, like, we want, want yeah. to die before the pet does. Yeah, there's this uh, quote going around about pets and about how they're your friend for a couple of years, but you're their friend for life because right. they live shorter than you do. Absolutely. Well, let's not bring everyone that down to you, okay? Yeah, that's a bummer. So Lisa calls for everyone to get out the Remembrance candles. And so we have Homer, Marge, Patty, Selma, and a bunch of kids. So next to Homer is obviously adult Bart mm-hmm. and then Marge. And uh, so Bart is 70 years old in this episode? Presumably, yeah. 60 years. Yeah. So Marge, Marge is like then 100? No. Uh, So she's what, 36 or she's? So Marge, well, yeah, she's like, if she's 36, then she's 96. Yeah. And then Patty and Selma are probably in their hundreds Mm -hmm. because they're older than her. Right. I mean, they're looking pretty good for being 100. Yeah, it's true. Um, you have, and then is Bart's kids, is the one next to Patty and Selma, is that, is that one of Bart's kids or is that one of Lisa's kid? Cause they have Lisa hair, but like maybe Bart had daughters. I don't know. Well, yeah. If you look at her hair too, it's not the same as everybody else's. So. But like there's I, no Jenda. Jenda, was that uh, Bart's wife's name? Jenda? Yeah. It's funny cause nobody has any spouses. Yeah. Even March. Yeah. And Wow. Obviously, Maggie's at the very, I wouldn't say Maggie's at the far, but in front of us. In the and red the, dress. And the red dress. And then the, her kids have the pacifiers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also really enjoy that the 3D printer looks more like an old school, like, printer from yeah. our days. Like, one of those, like, Canon, like, office printers. Mm-hmm. That suck. Yeah. Make you mad. <laughs> which, which uh, you know, this printer obviously sucks, too. Anyway, so, they all ask the kids to take out their phones for the, uh, open the candle app for the uh, remembrance candle that they have to do every Thanksgiving. So uh, the kids are wondering why they always do this. So Lisa shares a little tale of the past. In remembrance of the great blackout that almost destroyed our town when we actually had to write things down by hand. (gasps) It started on a cold November day back when you could actually see snow outside of a museum. Goodbye, Autumn. Hello, November. A powerful winter storm is headed our way. Who, me? Hello, 
Homie, wake up! Hello, hi. Oh, this isn't Hawaii. It's never Hawaii. It's just stupid America. There's a winter storm coming in. Winter storm. I refuse to be scared unless there's some terrifying new term for it. It's an Arctic blast with a bomb cyclone and a chance of fire-nado. Or as we in the news business call it, an arctic onado ah! None of us call it that, Kent. Pipe down, Arnie. I'm selling hoodies. That's such a great uh, comparison with all the weather news. Like, it's always like Arctic oh, yeah. Blast 2000 or... Yeah, in 2008, did we call it the snowpocalypse or... Yeah, I think that was snowpocalypse. Or that could have been Arctic Blast. I don't know. Yeah, but there are so many, like... I guess partially because the weather's getting so much worse because of mm. climate change, but also because we need to dramatize absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah. But it is funny how everything is like a, a horrible, like, death NATO or something. This podcast, of course, we don't believe in global warming. It's a hoax created by the liberals. That's right. I just think it's weird that uh, you know, we still have all the seasons. You know, like, one day it's nice and sunny, then the next day it's all of a sudden just snowed. It's negative 30 degrees. <laughs> and then, you know... Those normal summers of being 112 in the Pacific Northwest, that's normal. <laughs> totally fine. And then, you know, having snow in one month and then the very next month having 114 degree weather. <laughs> no worries about yeah, that at all. We're fine. <laughs> uh, I like that uh, Kent's trying to get some money on this because uh, Homer makes a note to buy 10 uh, hoodies, but Marge is more concerned that he's uh, put up the storm windows like he promised. Who in this day and age like has to put up storm windows? I remember I had to do that for my grandmother, like in the nineties. But I think like windows now are so well made and insulated that I don't think you need storm windows anymore. But it just goes to show I think that there's got to be someone out there that still has storm windows. I don't know. I don't exactly understand what storm windows are. I like conceptually, I get there for storms, but. Yeah, they're like there's these other these pieces of like size for your window. You just put on the windowsill and then you lock them, so that's like their extra protection. And gotcha. Yeah, it's like a condom for your windows, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's just to keep the cold air out and the warm air in. Right, right. I, I I understand them, but like I don't know that I've ever seen them in action. Yeah, like you know, it's for older houses. And, uh, but now with like a lot of older houses, they've been so much, you know, refurbished and, you know, I'm sure there's, there's places that still use storm windows and houses that still have storm windows, but I'm going to say the technology is better these days and it's not that common of a, of a thing to do. It's like, uh, Americans slowly realizing that, uh, the bidet is the proper way to wash your asshole after you take mm-hmm. a massive Homer shit that, uh, you're going to forget how to use toilet paper, how to wipe, you know? Yeah. Until you go out in public and you're at the mall and you have to take a dump and then... <laughs> and then you really... No, <laughs> I think the, the theme of this uh, week's episode is uh, shitting, which is perfect because it's Thanksgiving and, and uh, everyone poops on Thanksgiving. And uh, did you know that, uh, you know how we call it Black Friday for the shopping season, but but for plumbers, they call it Brown Friday? It's like <laughs> how many... This is true. Like plumbers uh, jobs are like up 50% on thanks, like Thanksgiving weekend. So I get it. It is a lot of... A lot of carbs. <laughs> so invite your family over so they can wreck those pipes. <laughs> so what I was uh, getting at is, uh, oh, what was I getting at? <laughs> Something about pooping. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just say that I don't, uh, I don't understand the windows because I'm more of a Mac guy. Oh uh, well, no. Uh, I was talking about the the shitting and the storm 
the uh, paper towels that you use to wipe your butt. Or not, no, tissue. Oh, right. We'll become so technologi- yeah. technologically advanced yeah. that uh, we won't know how to use regular toilets. But, like, when you have to, like, wipe and you grab, like, the toilet paper, you're like, this really hurts. Why do people do this? Yeah, especially if you're not at home and you're using, like, industrial grade yeah. stuff. Because <laughs> that stuff is thin and rough. <sighs> and then my ass is sore for, like, four weeks. Yeah. Maybe I was just wiping too hard. <laughs> I, I say don't stop wiping until you see the red of your eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Anywho, uh, Lisa's voiceover states that she uh, learned two things to be useless. Scented toilet paper <laughs> and a promise from Homer Simpson. Well, like, yeah, think about Just, that. Like, why do you want scented toilet paper? Like, mm, my shit now smells like flowers, but it I doesn't. I don't understand uh, some of the bonus material that, because, like, also in, like, the eight, 70s and 80s, there was a trend of, like pastel colored toilet paper like it'd be like mint green or like soft pink or like uh, baby blue like colored patterns right yeah Yeah. and i just don't need that right so no colorful toilet paper is what you're saying yeah okay just then a blast of snow and window shoots through their bedroom window bringing ralph in with it uh homer promises to install the windows right after work march is surprised to see homer wearing an aloha shirt to work but homer explains that it's a hawaiian day and his co-workers have nominated him to be King Kamehameha. He celebrates the day of goofing off by blowing into a conch shell, which shoots a hermit crab into Marge's face. So you're saying Marge has crabs. That's right. She got them from Homer. <laughs> While the family eats breakfast, another winter blast shoots through the window, causing a piece of Homer's bacon to blow into Lisa's mouth. This is also just a great animated scene. Like I was slowly like going frame by frame just to watch the animation of like in the mouth out the mouth it's, it's a lot of fun uh so obviously she's disgusted and spits it out into homer's plate but of course he's no issue there he'd eat it look i probably wouldn't have a problem either i and like i'm not a parent but i think especially as your kid if it's been in your kid's mouth i feel like that's less gross somehow and it wasn't like lisa that was like... sucking on it you know she right automatically it's like barely touched her and homer and i mm-hmm. whatever i don't care like, yeah, I mean, half-eaten food or whatever, I eat your significant others all the time. That's what I do. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's the best part of someone who doesn't eat that much. Like, oh, boy, I get her leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Marge goes to uh, shut the windows, but finds, of course, there's no glass in them. Despite the bad weather, Marge tries to keep spirits high, anticipating an upcoming holiday. Now, kids, I know the forecast says it's triple mitten weather, but the good news is it's less than one week till Turkey Day. Mom, can we please not call it Turkey Day? You're celebrating the slaughter of a living thing. Lisa, you always slaughter the mood. You know, there are some amazing faux turkeys to eat now, said no one ever. Right now, they're perfecting the taste, but in the future, faux turkeys will taste really good. Mm-hmm. Nope, still sucks. But for this year, my menu is already up on the fridge. And it really means a lot to me. It's our first Thanksgiving with Maggie. I'm finally not pregnant, so I can drink. I call a drumstick. Nice try, boy. But we agreed I get both drumsticks every Thanksgiving and the day you were born. No fair. I was too young to sign that. I believe this is your foot, is it not? And I had it notarized. Why, you giant... Oh, so Homer can't strangle Bart, but Bart can strangle Homer. Uh-huh. But James L. Brooks says it's not going to be different. Prove us wrong, James. That's right. There's a couple of things that clip uh, 
Lisa saying that uh, eventually faux turkey is going to taste great. If she if she's just trying to get that flavor of turkey, which again we've talked about many times on our Thanksgiving episodes, turkey is like the lesser of the meats anyway. Mm-hmm. It's okay every once in a while, like really like a turkey sandwich, but it's fine. But do you really crave a turkey sandwich? No, no. Like, what are your deli meats? Like your list of deli meats? Great question. I'm a big ham fan. I am too. I I don't like eating pork. I feel bad about it. I me too. But I think ham has to be maybe number one. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. It's just it's salty. It's got a good flavor. And like, I like a honey ham. I like the smoked ham. It's all good. Black Forest. Oh yeah. Uh, salami is up there too. I think. Uh, I do enjoy like an Italian sub. Is like yeah a top tier sandwich for me. Well, because you need the the multiple meats for like an Italian. But I think. If the only protein is the ham, Mm -hmm. that's all you need. Like, you don't need other meats to help it out. You're right, the Italian, you know, uh, you got gabagool and you got pepperoni and you got uh, the salami. Mm -hmm. But you don't just have a straight up pepperoni sandwich. And if you did, let's call it a calzone. Exactly. Um, But a ham and cheese sandwich, that's just great. It's just ham, cheese, mustard, mayo, that it? That's perfect, yeah. I mean, you don't need the mustard, but just the mayo. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a grilled cheese sandwich with ham in it? Amazing. Oh, delightful, yeah. Yeah, I think ham. Let's go ham number one. You know, I don't know I have to say keep it with the piggies because I think a BLT is like one of the best sandwiches out there. Oh, if, if it's summertime, I uh, you can't beat a BLT. I, yeah. Like during tomato season, oh man, that's uh, that's that's a next level. That's like transcended that sandwich. Right. And yes, we even throw in like a fresh avocado too. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I love that. And then they then, then they try to throw in a, some turkey in there. Like, get out of there, turkey. No. No. <laughs> What's sadder, like sliced turkey or sliced chicken for a sandwich? There's a sadness to sliced chicken, and I don't- Yeah. Because chicken is so good as a meat. And again, if <laughs> to our vegetarian listeners, I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> but like chicken is good, but processed like chicken, it just it's like trying to be turkey when it's so much better than turkey. All right, yeah, I agree. So, like, chicken is great on everything else, but maybe leave it off the sandwich. I, yeah, chicken salad is a thing, but I've never really been a fan of the chicken salad sandwich. I'll eat it. It's, uh, it's like, so dangerous. Like, it can be so bad. Right. And if it's good, it's good, but I don't know. The risk isn't worth it to me. And then I like a tuna sandwich. Uh, I don't think you do, though. No, I hate tuna. Like, a smoked tuna melt. I've had one of those once. This is amazing. But look, if we're talking about like top three sandwiches, and hey, vegetarian listeners, I'll throw in like a really good vegetarian sandwich. I would devour that. I don't need meat. No, um, I so love I, like I, a bagel sandwich that is veggie mm-hmm. with like bell peppers and a good schmear and uh, avocado. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'll take a veggie sandwich, lettuce, tomato, onion, uh, cucumber, peppers, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah, that's great. Throw some like Italian dressing on it, some sprouts. Ooh, yeah. Mayonnaise, mustard. That's all I need. Throw a yep. couple slices of cheese. It just, it's not necessary, but uh, you got like a nice sourdough bread. It's mm-hmm. a great sandwich. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we'll go with uh, number one sandwich, classic ham. I go number two, that vegetarian sandwich. But I, I, I used to go to Subway in my youth, mm-hmm. and I would always get vegetarian sandwiches. I just never trusted their meat. It was me too. Like, I did the same I thing. I never liked it. Yeah. I was not a vegetarian, but I was like, I just give me the veggie sandwich. And uh, let's throw in an Italian sandwich. Those are Those are my three. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, I'm going to say BLT. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's uh, well, that's three. Uh, a vegetarian sandwich can keep going a little bit lower. <laughs> and another vegetarian sandwich that uh, 
kind of an outlier, but can't go wrong with the classic PB&J. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What about uh, uh, patty melt? Does that count as a sandwich? It's just a hamburger, but with toast instead <laughs> of a bun. I like a patty melt because sometimes you get like Swiss and, and uh, mushrooms on there. Yeah. That's fun. It's a nice change of pace. Mm. Oh, man. Steve, this is a Thanksgiving episode and we're just talking about food and poop. Well, this is the worst subject, but um, I also want to bring up to the clip again. So, Lisa, if you're just chasing that flavor of turkey, just eat the fucking turkey, not the faux turkey, and we'll be much happier. Um, yeah. So, the one one of the things that Marja says is like, uh, she's like, this is her first Thanksgiving without being pregnant, so she can finally drink. And I'm like thinking, like, what are you talking about? You've had many Thanksgivings. <laughs> and I forget, yeah, no one ages. Right. But also, so, it, it's weird that... I don't know why. I guess it's not that weird, but it's weird that Maggie is less than a year old. Yeah. So does Bart versus the Thanksgiving not exist? That's a good question. <laughs> well, I think I might have to spoil the end of season two, Loki. Uh, I think we got a lot of multiverses here, Steve, and I think uh, Loki's kind of holding it all together for us in the Simpsons universe, too. Okay. Well, thank you, Loki. Because it's, it's like merging... Uh, uh, Simpsons timelines, kind of, you know, I don't know. I think uh, I think some of our listeners might understand that reference. Yeah. Loki. Okay. Um, <laughs> I also really appreciated on the uh, on the birth certificate where Bart promises to not eat um, the trick. The, <laughs> the fact that the, the notary republic signed it with his foot or her foot. I assumed that was, was Homer's foot, like he was just lying. Well, either way, it's pretty ingenious. I mean, that's how we have to notarize things, and easy enough. Yeah, I'll take off my foot, show my tootsies. <laughs> so Quentin Tarantino signs all of his, <laughs> oh, gets his actresses, <laughs> signs their contracts. But uh, continuing on with the show, Steve, I know everyone's full for Thanksgiving, but uh, I decided to make The Simpsons Thanksgiving feast. So, Steve. Oh, boy. You see, the, the, you're wondering why there was a table with a bunch of, like, a cloth over it right mm-hmm. in front of you. <laughs> yeah. So un, unfurl the, the cloth and... I got the entire March Thanksgiving menu here. So over to, we'll start from uh, your left. We got the candy DMs with M&M stuffing. Mm-hmm. I went with a, a mixture of M&Ms. I thought just to juice it up, you know? Sure, so yeah. You get your basics. You got some peanuts. You got some almonds. You got peanut butter. You got the mint ones. You got the, <laughs> the Kit Kat ones. Uh-huh. You got them all. Wow. Um, let me continue on to the left here. You got your glazed sugar, mm-hmm. which was kind of tough, but- uh, it really wasn't. I just put some caramel, which is just sugar, burnt sugar, on yeah. top of some sugar. So there you go. Very nice. Uh, gravy soup is actually gross because there's not thick enough gravy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bacon wrapped ham. I could see where, so, where that works. <laughs> yeah. Simpsons, don't start this. You yeah. know people are going to make this. That's going to be the next uh, Simpsons cookbook, the bacon wrapped <laughs> ham. Yeah. how it is. Uh, Lisa's lentil mush. It's just lentil soup, but that's been sitting now for a long time. It just turns into mush. It's like mashed potato consistency. It's horrible. I don't mind lentils. They're fine. No. This is baby food, probably. Yeah. And then we got the pan splitter. It's a 40-pound candy apple glazed turkey. Again, <laughs> that's the thing that probably could exist and probably make a turkey taste better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, when I was watching it, and my eyes, like, as soon as I saw the, the menu, and my eyes immediately went to Lisa's name. But it said, so I saw Lisa's, Lisa's bacon wrapped ham. I'm like, what? <laughs> then I had to like rewind it. I'm like, oh, no, it's just, I just saw those names and put those together. So I thought it'd been funny. I'm like, oh, Lisa's baked, bacon wrapped ham. <sighs> that sounds like a horrible Thanksgiving. By the way, I hate yams, so I'm not going there. I especially hate like, like Thanksgiving yams with the marshmallows. That's what I mean. Yeah, that, I, don't, I don't like that. 
Yeah, I like my, my mom would always make that with um, too much brown sugar, too much margarine, and then the it's pronounced margarine, Steve. Sorry, the the margarine on top, <laughs> and then the yeah, it's just I don't know, too much unga pachka, if you will. Heather makes kind of like a, a glazed carrots, but she's put like yams in it, mm-hmm. and it, and it's not as sweet, and it's a lot better. Than, I can like, see that working. It's it's kind of like a replacement for that kind of dish, where like no marshmallows and stuff like that, but like you still have like some like glazed carrots with some some sweet potato and and like parsnips, you know. So you get like some of rooty sweet vegetables, and that yeah. works too. So that sounds good. Yeah. So Lisa from the future then warns that the worst was yet to come. That Thanksgiving would surpass Christmas and her birthday as the saddest day of the year. This is such a bummer <laughs> statement. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at the nuclear power plant, one cooling tower is dressed in an Aloha shirt, while another is sporting a coconut bra and grass skirt. A side tells employees not to bring in outside poi, and inside, Homer acts as bartender, serving up tropical drinks with tiny umbrellas. Mr. Burns steps in to welcome his workers, or as they say in Hawaii, welcome. He then recalls why he was having the festive day in the first place. He needed a distraction so the unionized money sucks don't see their cheaper replacements coming to take their jobs. Smithers offhandedly suggests a Hawaiian day, and Burns responds with an aloha ha ha ha. I love uh, the couple of jokes they make of like Hawaii not being part of America. Mm-hmm. Homer mentions that, like, I, I wish this was Hawaii, but it's America. And then, you know, aloha, welcome. So it's a joke I've always liked. I've always treated people from Hawaii as foreigners. Just ask your wife, right? Yeah, I think if they had their say, they would also like to be <laughs> not American because they don't. But it, I mean, you've been to Hawaii. It does feel like you're in a different country. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like every time you're buying something, it's like, oh, do you think they take my credit card? <laughs> and the exchange rate is awful. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like, Jesus, a gallon of milk is $45 here? Yeah. <laughs> this crazy country of Hawaii. Wacky. I mean, maybe that's what like conservatives are confused about with like Obama thinking that he wasn't you know, say, he thought he was from Kenya, but it's like well, he's from Hawaii, so he's not really an American. And they probably assume that Kenya is somewhere in Hawaii. Yeah, uh, it isn't. It's a different island altogether. <laughs> yeah, it's is that the one with the dinosaurs? No, it's sort of the turtles, I think. Uh, and people with leprosy. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Well, Burns tells his employees to relax and enjoy, knowing no one could replace them. And Carl takes comfort in that, saying that there's nothing ulterior about that statement. <laughs> and then Lenny declares his love for his boss, who then slams the door behind his hard workers and welcomes his newer, cheaper labor. In the past, they would be called scabs, but now they're just friends without benefits. And I like how this like story is coming off the tail end of the writer strike being over. And now the SAG strike is over. And I'm like, wait, are they being timely and like, talking about scabs now? And you know, I mean, it's not what this episode's about, but it's fun. Yeah, and there are strikes happening everywhere. Like the auto union just yep. finished their, uh, their strike. And then here in Portland, uh, our teachers are still on strike. But Steve, all we care about is entertainment strike. We don't need right. that, yeah. that run the country and teach our children. We don't care about them. No. We care about uh, if John Hams can promote a TV show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love that line of uh, friends without benefits. <laughs> it's really funny. It is um, really good. So, as Monty hears the beat of a machine, he dons a straw hat and cane. The color changes to like a sepia tone, and the new workers break out in a song and dance. Classic Simpsons. We need. We haven't had a nice song and dance in a while, right? It's true. 
uh, ripping off their safety suits to show off their leotards, and then uh, Burns uh, bursts into some uh, tunes of his own. See here, Smithers, here's my theory. How to cut down what people earn. Every worker should be non-union. That's the genius of Monty Burns. They've got no healthcare, they've got no dental. There's just one bathroom, so they take turns. And all the money and all the power are in the clutches of Monty Burns. Ah, jaunty. Just reminds me of See My Vest, See My Vest. Yeah, I would love to have a Burns musical. <laughs> Directed by Ken Burns. Oh, yes. Former Simpsons uh, <laughs> guest star. It'll be 12 hours long. <laughs> Slow pans of photos. <laughs> when he means, like, share the bathroom, does he mean, like... Oh, I took a number two, but don't flush. You have to share my bowl before you flush. Probably, because, you know, you don't want to waste water. If it's yellow, uh, if it's mellow. If it's brown, don't flush it down. If it's red, you're probably dead. If it's black, you're okay, Jack. If it's green, that's your spleen. This is fun. Your turn. If it's blue, what'd you do? If it's pink, that's why it stinks. <laughs> if it's do gray, orange. do orange, do orange. If it's orange... You might be sad. Oh, you ruined it, Steve. I guess oh. we can continue the episode. Fine. So Monty continues his two and singing about rigging detectors and bribing inspectors and skipping training altogether. An employee chews up a marshmallow and uses it to piece together a carbon rod while a chorus of non-union employees praise Monty Burns while standing in formation to make the shape of his head in a word bubble saying, breaks over, back to work. As the song ends, Burns asked uh, Smithers how the non-union avocado toast sings so well, and Waylon explains that they are all graduates from prestigious college theater programs, such as a group from Juilliard, who are forced to work there or teach. <laughs> it's just an uh, accurate and sad state of our global economy that, you know, you go to a fine school for liberal arts, and you end up working minimum wage non-union jobs just to live. Yeah, I mean, our entire... Yeah, well, let's not preach on this podcast. We're not never a podcast. No, we would never. <laughs> I just think of the state of the world and everything's not like A, B, C, one, two, three, like it used to be. Like you go to college, you get a job, start a family that way. You know, mm -hmm. we the the idea of the job market is so different now because a lot of it's like gig economy now and uh, working from home and just finding jobs that uh, for services people need, you know? Like, yeah. Our business is Etsy and it's, you know, keeping us going but it's not your traditional way yeah of living you know my wife started yeah. her own business because she was tired of playing the game and she's really smart to do that it's, it's all fun yeah when you realize like you think like adults have structure as a kid you think all adults have structure yeah we don't no, no one does i mean look and at we thought our parents the boomer generation has structure but look how they fucked this country up right and um i was still fucking it that's true I always assumed, like, yeah, I would, like, grow up and be an adult who has an adult job. And then I realized that I kind of did for a little while, and I kind of hated it. And so now that I don't have a grown-up job, I'm basically telling people in their 50s and 60s how to live their life because they're sad and lonely. Right. And they come see me. So they don't know what they're doing. Nobody does. So no. just find your joy, and uh, that's all you can do. I found my joy, Steve. Um, it was under the, the couch. The, oh, good. My DVD, my DVD copy of that film, Joy by uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, I found it. I found my joy every weekday morning on ABC on The View. 
I found my joy, but then they kicked me out because I'm not an Asian female. Jury Luck Club, right? Of course, yeah. Right. (sighs) Well, back on the union side of the plant, the party is underway. Monty's stuffed polar bear is carried around on a surfboard wearing a lay and tropical swimming trunks. So a man is playing ukulele in the reactor, and women fawn over him. Lenny does a uh, fire dance, dipping his fire sticks into a discarded solo cups. I also get love the animation here because, like, you could see the drawn, intense look on Lenny's face doing the fire dance. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like an actual person doing a fire dance, like, looking how concentrated Lenny is. But it's a cartoon. <laughs> so, really done. Well done animation there. Direction. Anyways, Lenny feels like someone should be cleaning up that mess. And Carl nominates King Kamehameha, or, of course, Homer, who's now beginning to realize that uh, his title is just a ruse to get him to do all of his work. So, Carl assures him that it is a great honor and calls him your gullibility, handing him a trash bag. <laughs> I want to go back just a minute to hit, uh, the song and dance. I know we did, uh, we talked about it, but there's just a lot of fun stuff, and there one, all the people, it's a variety of new characters that we haven't seen, that's fun. But also, there's a guy who does a backflip into a uh, vat of toxic waste and comes out as a skeleton. I just thought that was fun. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, wearing goggles, Homer goes to the dump to uh, dump the trash, uh, he first opens the chute for the reactor core, but stops himself, knowing that would be a mistake. He throws the rubbish in the 100% waste disposal chute, and an automated voice tells him that the waste was, in fact, disposed of properly. I think all his fans of The Simpsons just assumed what was going to happen. Like, they set it up so much like so, like, every time Homer fucks things up, he's mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, Homer, you're going to cause the accident, because that's who, of course, would cause the accident. I just think the... Uh, the direction and like the not so trickery ruse <laughs> of just the two by each other, like regular trash and core. Like, why would they be together? But like, such Simpsons logic. And of course, you think Homer's going to do it. I think it's great. Yeah, a lot of fun. So, Burns is eager to contact Jeff Bezos. There he is. And Elon Musk to reclaim his title as the world's most self serving billionaire. But in order to do that, he needs to uh, plug in his phone, which is an old timey backpack field telephone. Not kind of like the ones that you'd see in World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Smithers looks for a socket, but finds an outlet that has been overamped with plugs. Again, so funny that a power plant has one outlet. Yeah, and there's just chargers all over it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Burns is insistent, so Smithers plugs it in anyway. Uh, this causes a, a spark to form into a flame, which jumps into a pile of cardboard boxes full of oily rags, <laughs> loose neutrons, and curtains. <laughs> Like, A-plus on this scene, by the way. Yeah, really good. The visual, the anime, oh, so good. Monty calls for the fire to be put out, but his new hires sing that they don't know how. They do, however, offer to dance the Stravinsky's fireboard around it. <laughs> so, an alarm blares, and people begin to panic. Uh, a pig, it's not uh, Spider-Pig, because he doesn't have a little hair. It's true. Uh, but a pig in a spit <laughs> opens his eyes and then spits out the apple. <laughs> So he's, like, not even dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, like, way bleaker because, like, he's, like, the pig is alive and just, like, forfeits his own life. Like, fine. Uh, it's a living. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very funny stuff. Um, So then, of course, Carl asks Homer, what did he do? And Homer says that he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He then calls attention to the automated voice looking for validation, but the robot voice says that the plant meltdown is imminent and now is the time for everyone 
to get right with her God. So Charlie prays to uh, Jesus. So he sees Jesus there. And Carl mm-hmm. thinks of Buddha, because we know Car- Carl is a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Well, another employee pictures Duff Man and his uh, sacred Duff Can child. <laughs> then, of course, Lenny praises an angelic Carl. It only makes sense. And then the one I didn't understand is Zutroy prays to like a red N and N. I don't get that joke at all. I don't either, but it's. I think that uh, Zutroy just is praying to candy, but it's also confusing because Marge is making the candied yams with the M&M stuffing, but Zutroy is eating N&Ns. So which is it? Like, We've M&M... talked about that before. Like, yeah. They can say YouTube, but then they, can sh- they can't show YouTube logos. So this is like MeTube or whatever. MyTube. Yeah. Um, hashtag MeTube. Um, I wonder if... N&Ns are just like the generic off-brand uh, M&Ms. Yeah. Well, they've used N&Ns on the, on the Simpsons before. Yeah. But I just wonder if like they're cheaper. Oh. <laughs> it's the, uh, the M&M version from where Erizutori is from, right? Exactly. Okay. Well, the female robotic voice then instructs employees to put their name tag inside their mouth for easy <laughs> skull identification. Very dark. Very dark. <laughs> the union workers all escape through their easily accessible door. Uh, while the non-union workers have to break a lock to get free, and doing so in a sassy fashion with big toothy grins and jazz hands, uh, Monty makes his way to a helicopter claiming to find help. A worker who says that he's uh, Burns's nephew tries to hop on, but luckily Smithers greases the struts, so the employee probably fell to his death. <laughs> a plane flies over the plant, dropping water, a scuba diver, a tire, and Captain McAllister, who remarks, Yar, you kidding me? Uh, the automated voice announces that the fire has been extinguished, the plant is ruined, and the employees are now out of work. The voice then wishes everyone a happy Thanksgiving, and Homer blows his conch shell, sadly. Again, more fun animation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Monty just doesn't care about his nephew. <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> just like they picked up water. But what was Captain McAllister doing... The sea captain doing it in the water, like not on his boat. Yeah, he's just like swimming around <laughs> in his full outfit. All right. <laughs> uh, well, our second act begins, as it always does, with a power outage throughout Springfield. And Lisa from the future is narrating that there were no prospects for more power. So a frustrated groundskeeper, Willie, pulls out a gun and shoots his <laughs> non-functioning floor polisher. And then there's uh, we're in a stadium where a Jumbotron offers the multiple choice contest to guess the attendance, which is funny because they've done this joke before of like guessing the attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a silly thing to guess the attendance. <laughs> but when the power goes out, hey, people panic, worried that they'll never know exactly how many people were in the game. Uh, Lisa then speaks to the nature of humans in a time of crisis. But whenever there's a threat to civilization, good people always set aside their differences and blame a scapegoat. All right, so who screwed up here? Homer? Homer! 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 I agree. We should find a scapegoat, but who? You! 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 I can't believe this. I love you guys, and now you want to throw me under the bus! Great idea! Hey, throwing someone under the bus is a figure of speech! Like I'll start my diet tomorrow, or I love my children equally! Okay, Homer, fair enough. Ten second head start! Ten, nine, eight, seven! You could have at least done Mississippi! 
Now, I know we're obviously a audio podcast, not a visual one. But if you look at the bus driver, doesn't he look like a caricature from like season one of The Simpsons? Like he doesn't look like his head is all long. and It looks like cartoon shape, like The Simpsons faces. Yeah, he's got like a real angular thing. Yeah. And also the guy standing in front of the bus kind of looks like Skinner with his hair down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really does. <laughs> huh. Maybe it's a secret brother, see less Skinner. <laughs> or uh, Marvin Tanzerian. There you go. Okay. Uh, this clip kind of gave me um, Simpsons movie vibes. I think this kind of like whole plot yeah. could be a whole movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely. And they should have uh, given him Mississippis because that's only fair. One Mississippi, two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, back at home, Marge hears a knock on the door. Clearly worried, she asks who's there, saying that she has pepper spray. On the other side of the door, Homer responds with, mmm, pepper spray before telling Marge that he uh, put in all new storm windows and bought all new batteries for the flashlights. I know pepper spray is different than obviously the pepper that we use on our food, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I kind of like like salt spray, pepper spray, but like for food, like, oh, this needs a little bit more salt. Instead of sh- shaking, this mm-hmm. spray, spray salt. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's basically it's almost salt, like yeah. a simple syrup, but for salt. You could. Could you just like, you know... Couple parts water, couple parts salt. Make like a salt water mixture. Mm-hmm. Put it in a bottle and like this needs a little more salt. Spray it like a mist. Yeah, yeah. I think that would salt work. I think spray. You could go two to one. Like go a little heavier on the salt to make sure it comes through. But yeah, I think that could work. Oh, and like what about like you want things like salt and vin- like salt and vinegar chips? You're like Ooh. this lace potato chip needs to be salt and vinegar. This so you have like salt and vinegar spray. I like this. Yeah, mist it a little bit. You don't want it soggy, you know, make it that soggy. Mm-hmm. It's like a light mist, like you said, like a... <laughs> to the eye, you get that... <laughs> that. That's how the spray would go. Just don't mix it up with your Neosporin spray. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, if you had an open cut and you're just like, ah, I'm going to spray that. Ow, that really hurts. Salt in the wound, like just, literally. Especially if it's, like, liquid, too, and, like, you're having soup. You're like, no, nah, soup needs a little bit more salt. You just go... Pss, pss, just <laughs> spritz it a little bit. Yeah. All right, I'm going to try this, dude. I'm going to try my salt spray. I think it could Keep be it. Keep it in your purse, make it like a little keychain, just like your. And look, if you get confused, like a lot of people keep their uh, pepper spray on a keychain, mm-hmm. but if you sprayed salt water into someone's eye, they're not going to be happy about that either. No, <laughs> it'll work. And then you get a little south of the border flare if you <laughs> use the pepper spray by accident. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, as future Lisa narrates, there's nothing that alarmed Marge more than a helpful Homer. Marge asks Homer if he had anything to do with the blackout. Homer says that everyone thinks he did, but he swears to his loving life that he didn't. And he doesn't care what other people think, just as long as Marge believes him. Marge admits that she's trying to believe him. Uh, Just then, a brick flies through the window and onto the floor. Homer shrugs it off, saying that's no big deal. But then a cinder block goes through the window and hits him in the groin. Uh, The rest of the family then realize that the town is upset with Homer. Once again, the whole town is mad at Dad. Bart. Do you know how many furious mobs the average family has to contend with? Mm, six? Zero! Zero! You did do this! Marge, in every marriage, a spouse gets to say one time, you have got to believe me. Yes, and you've done it 18 times. Look in my eyes. You've said that before. Hold my hand and look in my eyes. You've said that before. Hold my hand, look in my eyes, and feel my heart. Also, if you can examine my prostate. All right, all right. 
I don't know. Mom, I was aiming for his eye. Mom, Dad, please give us hope. It's what parents do. I think the uh, like Dan's acting with Julie there and like just you know he's in the right. Mm-hmm. As a viewer, we know he is. It's like, how much more uh, can he tell her? Like, without being mad either. It's like, why don't you believe me? He's like, no, you have to believe me. Yeah, exactly. It's well done. The jarring nature of like the arrow, just like <laughs> through her head. I was like, holy shit. That was... And it was her mom, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the end of that clip, Lisa's is like, it's what parents do about uh, protecting their kids when we just saw. Right. The, the shooting arrow at her child. Yeah. <laughs> And then going back before the clip, the uh, I, I chuckled, but how great that uh, brick in the groin <laughs> was. <laughs> I mean, that's always the whole point, you know, football, a man hit in groin by football. That's why it wins the, the awards for the movies. Never not funny. It's always going to yeah. be funny. Yeah. Well, Homer assures the children that the government will help. And then right away, we cut to the Springfield town hall where Mayor Quimby tells the people of the government cannot help them itself, <laughs> let alone the people of Springfield. Uh, he goes on to say that um, he has been authorized to commission a study on whether or not a study should be commissioned. So one man in the crowd is happy to hear that. Uh, Quimby <laughs> then <laughs> proposes some kind of game, either hunger or squid. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this in mind, tomorrow will begin with everyone attempting to kill Milhouse. And Milhouse is very happy because he's uh, finally picked for first at something. Yeah. <laughs> at least uh, the mayor, when I was 10... The mayor didn't know my name, but the mayor of Springfield knows Millhouse, so that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and it's uh, timely uh, having the Hunger Games, seeing as that's the number one movie in the box office this week. Yeah, since um, predicted it. Exactly. So drivers line up at 742 Evergreen Terrace to throw bricks into the Simpsons household. I like that they're so polite about it. They just take turns. Uh, yeah. Maggie uses the bricks as building blocks, exposing messages written on them, such as, Homer sucks, please return brick. And running low, time to reorder. Funny. <laughs> Lisa sits in her bedroom, eager to distract herself from the angry mob outside. Uh, without electricity, though, she has no laptop and no Kindle. She decides to read a book, like an actual book. Uh, it's Little Cabin on the Plain, of course they take on Little House on the Prairie, uh, hoping to learn something. She thinks of herself as that pioneer girl on the cover. She looks happy. But as the character explains uh, to Lisa, looks can be deceiving. Meanwhile, Homer struggles to keep his family happy. This is a nightmare. My pa moved us out of Wisconsin because he thought it was too fancy. Wisconsin? And before you want to be me, answer this. Did you ever kill a chicken? Sorry, I'm a vegetarian. So was I! That was the moment I began my remembrance book. And in my memory, I sound like this. People were made of stronger stuff in Pioneer Days. Until they died in agony at 39. Well, if nothing else, I can try to save Thanksgiving. (gasps) The food is gone. Homer, is there an explanation? Yes, there is. I... No more explanations. I can't take it. (laughs) Dad, I'm really sad. What do I do? I don't know. Go outside. Build a snowman. I can't bring another life into this awful world. Shoo! It's very sweet. And good of Bart to uh, know not to bring life into this horrible world, even if it is a snow person. Um, also, we're better than pioneers because we didn't die of agony at 39. 
Well, we also passed the uh, rock star age of death, 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, we surpassed Jesus. That's all that matters. Yep. And we're just trying to get to the Wolford Brimley age, like the age that he was in Cocoon. So we look better than he did in Cocoon. So Right, right. So, Which But still, is- we're better than Jimi Hendrix, Jesus, <laughs> and some pioneer guy. Yeah. Did you, were you ever a, a little House on the Prairie uh, TV family? No. Well, family, yes. It was bullshit. <laughs> the cartoons would end. on Cartoons? One, well, when the cartoons oh, would okay. end in the afternoon, okay. there'd be reruns of uh, Gilligan's Island on one channel. <laughs> this is a big piece of burial. And then on another channel, there'd be Little House on the Prairie. And my sister always wanted to watch Little House on the Prairie, right. but I have taste, so I'd rather watch Gilligan's <laughs> Island. And so yeah. every now and then we'd stuck with that, and it felt like homework. Yeah, I think my sister also watched Little House, but I probably just like excused myself from the the room of TV mm-hmm. and like I don't know, played with my toys. Yeah, it just always toys. felt like <laughs> dumb toys. It felt like the show, like something bad was always happening. Like it, it just seemed like bleak. Uh, do you? I guess this is the appropriate time to announce that uh, Steve and I will be uh, taking on uh, a new podcast. We're going to be the Annoyed Grunt Boys on. Little House on the Prairie podcast. We're going to do the rewatch, right? Yeah. Are you landed on my Landon? <laughs> the Michael Landon uh, appreciation podcast that will explore <laughs> all things encyclopedic about Little House on the Prairie. And then we would do Eye Off the Prairie. We'll just talk about the he- Highway to Heaven and exactly. uh, other Michael Landon things. <laughs> right. Good head of hair on that guy. I think I would give me the pilot episode. I'll watch it. I'll see. I'll see if it, it holds up to uh, today's standards. Yeah. I it'll, be on the, watch, uh, it'll be on the Patreon. I did watch the first couple episodes. I'm making a joke. We're not doing a Little House on the Prairie podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless we get paid for it. You know, yeah. But, um, but I did watch like the first couple episodes of uh, Moonlighting to see if those hold up. Yeah. Um, I, they're, they're, they're still good and charming. Um, but like the second episode has a laser gun in it. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's one of those like Moonlighting because now it's on on uh, Hulu because for the longest time Moonlighting wasn't streaming anywhere because of rights, you know. Right. But now like Hulu finally like there's an if it's on you know streaming because it's never been streaming anywhere. In fact, I, I think the DVDs like it was hard to them to produce DVDs so they didn't do the tires. I don't know. Anyways, it's nice to say uh, it's uh, very charming. <laughs> anyway, so as Mars steps outside, he notices he has a little bit of battery left on his phone. He decides to call tech support. And there's silence on the other end as two people from tech support dangle lifelessly from an apparent dual suicide. Imagine Steve <laughs> laughed at that uh, imagery. Yep. Uh, Bart tosses his phone in anger, but he can't be nearly as upset as comic guy who rings a bell and acts as a town crier to say that the latest Matrix movie was severely disappointing, <laughs> telling people to take neither the red pill nor the blue pill, as you need no dose for this one. So as he announces the end of his tweet, good old Gil says, like, and decides to follow Comic Book Guy. So as Gil scats a jazzy tune about following Comic Book Guy there, uh, the point portly nerd tries to mute his fan by <laughs> covering his ears. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, so Homer steps into Moe's, which has a rousing ragtime piano playing, and the patrons all stop and stare at Homer. And I like the visual gag of the pool player uh, loses his pool stick and it hits a bullseye on the dartboard. It's a really nice touch. <laughs> Lenny's there. He's dressed as the turn of the 20th century garb, 
and is playing an accordion while roller skating. And then so we also have a coffin maker hammering a coffin with Homer's name on it as Mo wonders how Homer could show his face at the bar. Homer tries to explain things to the barkeep who is uh, sporting mutton chops, a striped vest, and arm garters. Mo, it's me. And beneath all the drinking and the jokes, we have a real relationship. And that means something. What are you getting at? Come on, man. Deep down, we kind of love each other. Love you too. It's hopeless. Everyone in this town hates us. But some, not as much. I brought firewood. Whoa, Grandpa, how'd you score that? By your information, I grew up in a cruel world like this. Back in the 30s or 50s or whatever makes sense now. <laughs> now let me get that fire going for you. Oh. Grandpa, you saved us. Well, <laughs> old people have a lot of wisdom if you take the time to... She said thank you. I love that joke of Abe saying... I'm from the 30s or the 50s, so it makes sense now. It's a great uh, fourth wall breaker, Joe. Yeah, I yeah very much enjoyed that. So good. <laughs> so like how it's only been a couple days, right, since the power <laughs> went out, and Mo has already like grown a handlebar mustache, like already looks like in the 1800s. Yeah. So he already <laughs> reverted to the days of no, no power. <laughs> and it's funny because not everybody in Mo has gone all that way. No. Like there's some guys who are just like dressed like normal, but yeah, it's fun. So as Grandpa plays Turkey in the Straw on the fiddle, I could just sing that all day, Steve. Uh, Lisa <laughs> uses her pioneer girl voice to narrate that they were more than happy. They were a family again. So Abe continues to play his happy tune as the family all share a bed together. Hallmark continues to read the little cabin on the plane, while Marge pursues the latest issue of Crumbling Marriage Monthly <laughs> by Candlelight. And Abe plays as they sleep until Lisa is awakened by a sound. Grabber tells her to go back to sleep as the next day is Sunday, so she won't have to start with chores until four in the morning. <laughs> I love the when Marge is reading the magazine, there's a little clip, like a clip light, but it's a candle. It's a really fun touch. <laughs> yeah. Even though that would probably be battery powered anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the, the sound that Lisa heard was that of the townspeople loading up their house and putting it on a truck. Helen and Lovejoy is happy to get rid of that Homer Simpson once and for all, and Cletus is excited to now be the town idiot. So he drives off, and the Simpsons continue to sleep to the sound of Abe's fiddle playing as they unknowingly leave the city. The following morning, the house sits precariously on a rock formation on the top of a mountain. A delivery person uses a t-shirt cannon to blast the morning edition of the Springfield Shopper into the Simpsons' house. Homer reads the headline as Bart shifts his weight around, uh, causing the house to flip to and fro. Oh my god! City celebrates explosion of the Simpsons! Mm. That's expulsion of the Simpsons. Oh, uh, phew! Which means they kicked us out forever! Damn it! Why won't people believe I'm innocent? Oh, it's hopeless! Ah! Oh, cool! I guess there's one good thing. At least there's no more stupid... Howdy, neighbor. I asked him to move my house right next to yours. Oh! <clears throat> well, at least you believe me, Flanders. Yes, but I also believe in a holy ghost no one can see. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spooky Plus One. I haven't slept for two nights because my choice is either to be furious at you for the lie 
or to believe you and feel like a fool. Oh, okay, okay, I'm going to believe it. Ugh, I'm actually in pain. No pain, no gain. What a great neighbor Flanders is, is, is. Yeah, very sweet. <laughs> but that line of him saying, I also believe in a, <laughs> in a spirit that no one can see is great. Yeah, also <laughs> that uh, clip in the beginning, or at the very beginning of the clip, where Homer's like, the city celebrates the explosion of the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, just, that, that's just a classic solid joke right there. That's great. It is. How many times now has the uh, Simpsons house like moved from location to location to location? <laughs> right, because like, at one point the whole city moved. Right. And then, yeah, it, it's been several times. <laughs> so you know how we always make the comment of like Springfield, what states it in? Is mm-hmm. it just like ever-growing? Like it'll go when they find land in certain states, that's where Springfield's going to be? Maybe, yeah, they just switched from Springfield to Springfield. It's like, you know, in Doom Patrol, uh, did you ever watch Doom Patrol? Yeah, I watched the first season. It was great stuff. Remember that the Danny Street? Mm-hmm. So what if like, Springfield's like Danny Street? Like, it'll just go to like where it needs to be? Mm-hmm. That's uh, very possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's on the East Coast. Sometimes it's in the uh, West Coast. Sometimes it's in the, you know, Southern United States, desert area. Sometimes it's uh, on the Gulf Coast or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes it's in that far off country known as Hawaii. Ooh, that ain't America. That ain't America, you and me, baby. (laughs) Anyways, Marge tells Homer that she can't go on faith anymore. She has to have a reason to believe in her husband. Homer has the answer. So he mentions the food in the fridge that Marge thought he ate. He then shows her a photo of him putting the food in the snow to keep it fresh, just like the pioneers in Lisa's book. That's one of my favorite things to do is like when it's like snowing out, I get like my beer mm-hmm. and it's like throw it in the snow to keep it cold. Like <laughs> I feel like an old timey person. Go out and grab a beer, take a piss in the snow. It's great. Oh, yes. Classic <laughs> stuff. Uh, pee on your food. Yeah. <laughs> Turkey in the straw. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Food. <laughs> anyway, so Marge has a revelation. Homer is telling the truth. And if he's telling the truth about the food, he must be telling the truth about everything. So they hug, but Abe brings up a valid point. If Homer is an innocent idiot rather than a guilty nitwit, how do they prove it? Well, stupid Lisa Garbage Face suggests that they find the person who did it that could only be one man, the town villain. So the Simpsons family go and murder Kirk Van Houten. That's right. I mean, he's our villain. Mm-hmm. But no, they murder Luigi because that's what Bart assumes. <laughs> Just really funny. Like Bart's like Luigi. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Luigi. Why? Why do you think Bart thinks that's the town villain? Is it because he's Italian? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think Bart just hates Italian people. Yeah. <laughs> he's like Hitler was fine. Mussolini, no, no, yeah, he drew the line. <laughs> well, of course, uh, Lisa's referring to Mr. Burns. <laughs> so in his uh, mansion, Monty toasts Smithers. Happy to elude justice yet again. May his uppance never come. But just then, the Simpsons burst in, aware of Monty's misdeeds. Monty thinks he has him, though, because the family happens to be standing on the trap door. But as Smithers reminds Burns, it doesn't actually work without power. So uh, Burns instructs Waylon to do it manually. But as he slowly uh, cranks the knob, the family just steps off the trap. Now, I've now- complained in the past Damn about it. gags involving trap doors on the Simpsons. I feel like they sometimes go to that well too much however this one actually genuinely made me laugh just the way that they all just like oh i just walk forward one step <laughs> i thought you were gonna say 
Waylon hesitant about cranking Burns's knob, but Waylon has always wanted to crank Burns's knob. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Uh, so the Simpsons have brought the law with them, ready to serve Monty with a fresh serving of justice. Take him away, boys. Get the kitty capsule. Curses. I have to take responsibility for something I did? <laughs> Ridiculous. Montgomery Burns, we will give you the stiffest punishment any billionaire ever gets. A fine you can easily pay. I make more than that in the time it took me to say I make more than that. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys love me again. We're still a little mad. This brought back a lot of memories of stuff you actually did do. Remember, Homer, I was gonna be an orthodontist, but no more thanks to you. What if you all have Thanksgiving dinner with us? All you have to do is put our house back where it was. It's never just dinner. There's always something. I was like at the beginning of the clip. So the Simpsons walk in to confront Burns, but then mm. all of a sudden, Wiggum's there. Like, he's been, like, standing in the corner. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, watching the whole interaction of, like, okay, well, Burns is trying to murder these people. I should probably stop him now. Yeah, it's waiting for. He's like, hold on, guys. When Quimby is talking to Burns outside, there's a really nice touch because they're standing in front of the uh, Jebediah Springfield statue, but the statue's not there because earlier in the episode, somebody threw it at the Simpsons' house through their window. So the fact that it's missing is a really nice kind of visual yeah. like compliment. I like that. And is um, this like a, a setup for uh, an episode of the past to see how uh, Lenny was going to be an orthodontist? I can see that, yeah. I'm a little mad they used orthodontist. I was hoping he said optometrist, because that would have been a great like callback oh, to his yeah. eye. There's my that would be great. this episode. I, that's, that's such a nice touch, yeah. I like that a lot. So in the mob, uh, there's some signs outside, including one that says, We wasted our bricks. Burns in hell. We want to see Monty burn. Kill Homer. Homer crossed out. Now it says Burns. <laughs> Efficient and, uh, you know, yeah. good, to, we, good to reuse the signs. Right. So the townsfolk help put the Simpsons and the Flanders' home back in its place. And Lisa from the future says that there would be other blackouts and other mobs, but they never blamed Homer again. I doubt that's going to be the truth. True. So we then learn that Bart has died because now he's a hologram and he died from boredom due to Lisa's long story. Just like her listeners, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Bart is happy to finally get a drumstick, but once he eats it, it goes straight through him, and Homer munches out his chewed turkey poop. Yeah. You are what you eat. And oh. as we learned from the couch gag, Homer is turkey poop. Wow. Meta, Steve. Meta. Instagram. <laughs> X. This is fun. Blue sky. Okay. They go back and forth eating each other's piece of turkey. They're like the millennials of the future. Instead of eating ass, they eat their turkeys. Gobble, gobble. Well, the credits we get to roll, but before we say goodbye, let's hear some uh, more of the little Cabin on the Plane series. This one entitled The Christmas Orange. Pa had walked back after 23 miles with an orange for Christmas. Poor Becca didn't get to taste it because she passed that morning from scarlet fever. So they zested the rind over her grave. <laughs> Ugh, that's great, Dad. Ooh, maybe we should stop here. No, I have to see if Yukariah sold the pelts in town to those untrustworthy Canadians. They didn't pay him for last time. Okay, you can tell me what happens later. And in the spring, 
An orange tree grew over her grave. Ah, <laughs> it's such a bleak story. But is that a little house in the prairie? Just yeah, and they all died because they didn't have technology and doctors. It was the frontier, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Craig, that's our episode. Um, let's say we take a break, think about what we just saw, and uh, come on back. Okay, we'll be right back. Alrighty, Craig, we're back. Let's finish up our discussion of It's a Blunderful Life. We'll talk about the things that we liked, the things that made us laugh, a most valuable jokester or MVJ, and uh, what we thought of the episode and what we're watching next week. But before we do that, you know, it's the holiday season. Gifts are abound. And uh, I think I would like to get you something from this episode that harkens to the future. That's right. I got you. I know that you love uh, 3D printers, so I got you a 3D food printer with an extra cranberry cartridge. That's very funny that you got me that because I, too, got you something very similar. Well, we have our 3D printers here, but uh, since the food 3D printer doesn't actually exist, you idiot, Um. we 3D printed a food 3D printer. (laughs) All it is is just like a a garbage disposal you put food in and then it spits (laughs) out like a a log of things. It's like a genie uh, asking a genie for more wishes. Right. But at least when it comes out, the food comes out into like little uh, emoji poop shapes. So you could there you go. eat any food uh, in poop shape for it. That's very nice. Yeah. Just what everyone wants to do. <laughs> what I'm just trying to say is Steve, eat shit. Alrighty. Well, right back at you. Uh, but Craig, what uh, made you laugh from this episode? Well, Grandpa with his, uh, I don't know, I was born in the 30s or I was raised in the 30s or 50s or whatever suitable for the story. Just a great line. The whole scene where the curtains and the loose neutrons gets ca- gets caught on fire at the nuclear power plant and like the plug, like that whole sequence, I just thought was was brilliant. The fact that it was just so obvious, like oh, we're just going to assume Homer's going to throw the trash into the reactor core that's right next to the one hundred percent safe waste disposal, but of course he doesn't. Ah, and we get a song and dance number, which is fine with Mister Burns. I'm gonna to have to say that uh, just that sequence, I think, at the re- at the nuclear power plant in the first act was just hilarious. Yeah, the sea captain, <laughs> Homer getting hit in the balls, of course. A lot of great stuff from uh, from this episode. Those are the ones that stand out on my mind. How about you? Um, I definitely love the burn stuff. Um, that song was a lot of fun, and there's a lot of fun details in that that we didn't go through all the way through, but just a lot of fun stuff there. I really like how dark this episode is. Uh, you know, Homer reading the story about. The poor girl dying and not getting to eat an orange, so they put orange zest over her, over her tombstone, only to have an orange tree grow. The uh, tech support hanging themselves, a lot of bleak stuff. Grandpa was a lot of fun in this. I liked in the very beginning Ken Brockman talking about all the various uh, weather terms, and then like uh, already being like, we don't call it that. Nobody calls it that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like all the Hawaii jokes. And it's just a really fun, epic episode. I, I I, think that if I had to give a most valuable jokester, it's tough. I mean, Homer is really funny in this episode, and I know it's like an obvious choice, but also Bart and the whole uh, turkey leg thing. I also think that Lenny was really fun in this, uh, you know, opting to be a roller skating accordion player because power had been out for three days. But I think I'm going to give it to Burns in this episode. Uh, just 
his uh, referencing the uh, friends with no benefits and just all of that is a great time. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but what did you think of the episode overall, Craig? I didn't give my MBJ. Oh, I'm so sorry. What is your MBJ? <laughs> uh, Gil. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> You're right. We we kind of talked about it, how it felt like kind of like a movie, like especially had the vibes of the Simpsons movie, kicking Homer out, like Homer's the cause. And we've seen so many episodes and we just were so programmed. Like I've brought this up so many times with Homer putting the trash in the actual trash disposal rather than the reactor core, but we're so programmed to knowing Homer is going to do the wrong thing. And like the whole town knows that Homer is going to do the wrong thing. <laughs> And even his family doesn't believe him. And we've seen so many times where no one believes him, but this one was just so sincere and it felt different, even though it's kind of a story we've seen a million times. And how many times do they tell the story? And they could also make it compelling. I was more compelled in this episode rather than like laughing, just, you know, nonchalantly at jokes, but just like, I thought like the story structure, everything was just really well done this episode. And it's a, for us Thanksgiving Americans, like a great it doesn't have to also work, you know, in just America for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is not really front and center like Barred versus Thanksgiving. It's in the background, and that's the whole point. I just think it was compelling. It felt like I think you said epic, mm-hmm. and has a kind of epicness to it. And you know, the future, the setting. You know, at first you're thinking like, oh, we're just going to have a whole future esque episode, and it wasn't. It was just the setup. And again, it's kind of like a parody of the Little House on the Prairie books, too, like from Laura Ingram, who wrote them. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ingalls. Well, yeah, not Laura Ingram. <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that, and I, what I was kind of seeing that, like, we see that Homer is dead, and I almost thought there was going to be, like, Homer, like, sacrificed himself to save Springfield, and that's why he's dead. I thought that's kind of yeah. maybe where the story was going to go, but- it, it did it, obviously. But hey, future storyline. Make that happen, right? <laughs> uh, but so I just think this episode is great. I think it goes up there with uh, some of the classic episodes of uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> but a fun watch. I enjoyed it a lot. So if I gave this a ranking, uh, we just mentioned that the Little House of the Prairie, written by uh, Lauren Graham. I mean, Laura <laughs> Ingalls Wilder, written by Laura Bush. Just trying to think of. Other lawyers. Oh, Laura, annoyed ground boy mm. wife. Yeah. <laughs> like her full legal name. Right. Yeah, Anyways. Like it, but I said so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve, there's nine Little House on the Prairie books. Well, the first eight are like part, part of the, the, the main core. There was a ninth book that came out in 71, uh, which was more of like Laura's uh, actual like, kind of biography. So, uh, but we'll just say still nine books. The uh, first book, of course, was Little House in the Big Woods from 1932. The last book was called The First Four Years from 71. But before that, it was the These Happy Golden Years from 43. Mm-hmm. So if I had to rank this episode out of, um, I mean, we got to go with Little House in the Big Woods. The first book was probably the best. You know, it always is. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to give this episode probably the namesake of the TV show, Little House on the Prairie, which, of course, was the third book published in 1935. Very nice. All right. You understand, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, we all know the worst book, of course, is uh, "By the Shores of Silver Lake" from '39. It's not the best. No, it was that was kind of jumped the shark, if you will. I mean, the fourth book was pretty good on the banks of Plum Creek, but not mm-hmm. as good as Little House on the Prairie. Uh, Steve is a fan of the second book, Farmer Boy. Oh, that was the 
That was a that was a good one. It always a warm place in my heart and my loins. And it, and it definitely wasn't the worst book of the series, The Long Winter. Ah, hate the long winter. Steve, so how about you? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this episode is like, it is a very big, ambitious episode. A lot of details into it. Uh, the song and dance number was just beautiful and really well done and kind of on its own, just a great thing. There's just a lot of small things like when Marge is telling them about triple mitten weather, you see Maggie have a mitten on either hand and one on her pacifier. I thought that was just a nice little touch. The thing with Jebediah Springfield missing at the end of the episode because they threw it through the window. Oh, right. And even just at the very end when Homer is reading to Lisa, the way that Lisa is so sleepy, it's just a very sweet human thing. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was that was pretty. And it's a fun episode. Like, it does feel like a movie. Like, if the Simpsons movie hadn't happened, this could be, like, the, the basis of the movie. Because oh, yeah. it is kind of the same thing where everybody thinks that Homer screwed up. And for once, he didn't. And nobody believed him. And even Marge didn't until she, he proved himself. And it's nice to see Homer being competent, actually, because he did, like, he did throw the trash in the right place. But also him burying the uh, the food in the snow because he learned it from a book. That's pretty smart. And I think that's great. I like that Grandpa was kind of a hero in that he was not a doddering old fool. But he actually could help because he knows what suffering is like. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I just think this is a really uh, fun episode. That speaks to, you know, labor with the whole striking thing in the beginning to uh, the weather uh, being crazy and just Springfield as a town like this is like feels like such a classic episode of The Simpsons, but in a bigger, more experimental way. So I really like this episode. If I did have to have one like edit or change, aside from the ones that you mentioned about like Lenny being wanted to be an optometrist rather than orthodontist, which is brilliant. I don't know that I needed the future stuff. Like, it was fine, and I'm glad that there wasn't a future episode, but I think that you could have had it just a VO of Lisa speaking from the future in her Pioneer Girl voice, maybe writing a book. But that's a small quibble, and I think that the they, they didn't spend too much time in the future, and it, and it worked for what they did, but I didn't need it. But that being said, you know, Homer talks about the union workers and the non-union workers not being able to strike, and so I thought back to the writer's strike, which ended... And so the registry lasted for 148 days. So if I had to give this a ranking of numerical nature, I would say I'm going to give this a 138 out of 148. 138. That's the name of this podcast. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it was a delight to watch this episode for Thanksgiving week, right? You're in America. Yes, it was. And, uh, well, the holiday is over. And so let's move to the future, but unfortunately we don't have a new episode next week. They usually want to put a new episode on after like a Thanksgiving weekend, right? No, that's true. So we're going to need a new episode, or a new old episode, really. So to do that, we're going to need that Wheel of Random. Let's give it a spin to see which season we're in. Hold on, Steve. It's been a long time since I've had to find it on the soundboard here. There there it is. All right. uh, We're ready to spin the wheel. I mean... Not the soundboard, I mean, in the closet. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're right, stuck. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the sound, the sound, uh, the wheel of random is, is back. It's ready for spinning, Steve. All right, let's give it a spin to see which season we're in. Alrighty, we have season 18. Hmm. All right, let's give it another spin to see which episode we're watching. Don't, 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 don't,
Alrighty, we have episode four. So, season 18, episode four. What do we got? What do you think, Greg? Man, season 18, that's not really one I can think of. Like a season 11 or 12, I can kind of remember, but... Yeah. Uh, we're 18, we're kind of in the uh, phase where everyone hates The Simpsons. No one likes it anymore, right? Yeah. All right. So, I think it's going to be called Bart Hates America. Ooh, yeah. I would watch that episode. <laughs> um, but no, it is Tree House of Horror 17. Wait a minute. <laughs> do we have a rule if the treehouse lands on a wheel of random and it's not Halloween time, we don't do it? Well, given the Simpsons track record, it is technically still Halloween time. And you know, I can't have felt bad we did the burns and the bees. We should That should have been a... The wheel of random, like... New, but also we yeah. haven't done that many trials of horror, so it's bound to happen. Whatever. Welcome to December. Let's have a Halloween episode, right? That's right. Yeah, you know, it's a spooky time of year. It's all cold out, so why not have a Treehouse of Horror seventeen? So, although, although if you look at it, it's this episode will drop on the thirtieth of November, the last day that we can really celebrate the Halloween season, right? Exactly, because everybody knows it starts on October thirty first and goes all the way to November thirtieth. <laughs> Or how, like, stores put out, like, decorations, like, months before it happens. How about the Annoyed Grunt Boys did it first? We're doing the first <laughs> Treehouse of Horror in November. <laughs> yeah, we're starting a 2024 off right. Yeah. With a Halloween episode before the year even starts. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, or am I scared? I don't know. The, those seasons, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, so this aired on November 5th, 2006. <laughs> so after Halloween. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have um, Married to the Blob. Isn't that already an episode? Oh, it's Married to the Mob. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Can we watch uh, that uh, one we... instead? Mm, sorry, Craig. We can. <sighs> but Mark Hamill said he would do our podcast if we talk about his episode. Mm, I'll think about it, Mark, but no promises. You're not uh... my podcast. <laughs> I swear it's like, you're not my father. Or whatever. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, we got, you got to know when to Gollum, presumably about the Lord of the Rings. I think it's spelled differently, Steve. And then we have The Day the Earth Looks Stupid. I, did, I didn't know we were in an episode. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. No, this will be a lot of fun to explore kind of a lesser known Treehouse of Horror. I'm excited for it. And uh, I mean, for us, lesser known. Yeah. Right. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope to see you next week. And uh, thank you so much for listening. You can always reach out to us on the socials like Instagram or YouTube at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 13simpsons at gmail.com or contact us via voice. Go to the podcasting app to scroll down through the show's notes and there'll be a little uh, button that says leave a message. You can do that there or just go to you know the website. So many ways to contact us, uh, the link tree. That's right. And while you're listening, uh, feel free to give us a review and uh, five stars are the equivalent. But you don't need to write a real review. Just uh, tell us your favorite Thanksgiving appetizer. And hey, it's uh, if you're listening to this on the uh, week of Thanksgiving here in uh, 2023, right now go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grimpoys. And there's a big Black Friday weekend event sale going on. So get a, a t-shirt or anything that's on there. It's like cheap now. It's 15 bucks or so. Uh, pretty good price these days. Maybe it's cheaper than, I don't know, but it's a sale and that's all that matters. So get one of our shirts. You're going to look awesome. It's the holiday season. Everyone's going to want an annoyed Grump Boy shirt. We know that for a fact. It's the best gift you can give 
the Simpsons fan in your life, the podcast fan in your life, or just the uh, grandma in your life. Yeah. I want to see our listeners buying a shirt for their grandparents and then take a picture of their grandparents wearing a shirt. That's that's what I want to see. I want to see that too. And if you want them to Donald Duck or Winnie the Pooh those shirts, that's fine too. For this week, I've been Annoyed Grunt Boy Steve. And I've been Annoyed Grunt Boy Craig. And remember, I can't bring another life into this awful world. This isn't Hawaii. It's never Hawaii. It's just stupid America. grew up in a cruel world like this back in the 30s or 50s or whatever makes sense now. <laughs>